Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, August 5th, 2022. From PCMag.com, well, this isn't good news. Malware that can survive operating system reinstalls are found on Asus and Gigabyte motherboards. Specifically, a malware strain capable of surviving OS reinstalls has been secretly infiltrating older motherboards from Asus and Gigabyte, according to Kaspersky. This malware is called Cosmic Strand, and it infects the motherboard's Unified Extensible Firmware Interface, or the UEFI. So this has a couple of issues here. It can persist on the Windows machine if, if, even if the drive is removed because it's not on the drive, and plus it infects the machine before startup. According to Kaspersky, all of the victims that they saw were using Kaspersky's free antivirus software, so they were likely private individuals, according to the article. However, I caution not to correlate that to mean that it's somehow related to Kaspersky software. I think that it's just that Kaspersky uh, found out about it through their software, and they noted that the only software the only version of their antivirus software that was picking up on this was the free version. So uh, I would hesitate to draw a correlation between the types of Kaspersky software and the issue itself. It is rather interesting, though, and we'll watch this to see how it develops over the next few days and weeks. The Hacker News reports that researchers have uncovered a list of over 3,200 mobile applications that are exposing Twitter API keys in the clear. Some of these can be used to gain unauthorized access to Twitter accounts, according to the article. And this is happening because of a leak through a legitimate consumer key and consumer secret information, respectively, according to this Singapore-based cybersecurity forum CloudSec, a report that they shared with the Hacker News. So of those applications, 230 of them are leaking all four authentication credentials can be used to fully take over the Twitter accounts. This can allow them to perform any critical and sensitive applications or actions rather. Something interesting to watch um, one thing that they note a little bit further down the article, and even though this is more of a hypothetical, the API keys and tokens harvested from the mobile apps can be embedded in a program to run large-scale malware campaigns through verified accounts to target their followers. Keep an eye on your Twitter account. This is a little closer to home for me. Some of you know that I'm based in Tennessee. From SE Magazine, the feds begin measuring EDR at Tennessee Valley Authority, but gaps are cited in the audit. So the Tennessee Valley Authority or the TVA, if you're not familiar with them, they are uh, folks, the project that built all of the dams and the lakes in Tennessee generating power. Uh, this was a New Deal project, if I remember my history correctly, and really produced a whole bunch of lakes in Tennessee and produces a significant amount of power. So it's a big deal. But last year, the Biden administration, according to the article, had ordered federal agencies, large and small, to begin conforming with a series of zero trust cybersecurity mandates, including the deployment of endpoint detection and response. Now, this is not required until 2024, but they're already starting to take a look at different 
authorities within the federal government, and the TVA is one of them. Um, specifically, the TVA is a federally owned electric utility that serves Tennessee and parts of Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Virginia. And they just had a recent audit that noted while generally TVA is pretty much generally effective with deploying endpoint detection software for its desktop and laptop devices, it lacks the technical requirements to ensure that the protection is being extended across all its network connections. With all of the focus on critical infrastructure, this is a bit of a concern because if there's any entity that needs to make sure that it is protected as possible, it's certainly the TVA. So let's hope that they're working on that to get that remediated as soon as possible. Some good news from Bleeping Computer. Microsoft's Defender is now better at blocking malware on Windows 11. They've released a new Windows 11 builds to the beta channel with these improved capabilities. A quote from Microsoft, we enhanced Microsoft's Defender for endpoints ability to identify and intercept ransomware and advanced attacks. Now, I do remember seeing a few days ago a press release or a post or something along those lines from, I believe it was RiskIQ, which was the, which was acquired by Microsoft. I hope I'm getting this correct. And that the poster noted, a poster from RiskIQ noted that uh, some of the elements of RiskIQ are now being implemented into Windows. And I wonder if there's a correlation here. But in any case, it's good to see that Defender is being enhanced to work better against ransomware, because certainly that's still a huge threat out there. It's whenever I ask the question on the Tuesday episodes, what do you think is a significant threat to SMBs? The most common answer is ransomware. Keep an eye on this one. From bankinfosecurity.com, disintegration earlier this year of the Conti ransomware brand hasn't had an effect on the volume of ransomware attacks. We've talked about Conti on this program several times, and that was pretty much the thought that they were just going to disband and then reformulate in other groups. Probably the biggest issue with regards to Conti was their uh, group's vow of full support for the Kremlin, according from the article, on the second day of official Russian hostilities in Ukraine. And this backfired spectacularly by polarizing or politicizing ransomware payments and amid the European land war. And once that happened, Conti couldn't really go backwards on it. So what's taken its place? Well, right now, it looks like that there is something called Coveware, which came from the Conti spinoff Black Cat, a.k.a. Alpha-V. This was the most commonly seen strain behind successful attacks from April through June. So it's got a rather interesting article. It goes on to talk more about the evolution of the groups of ransomware and maybe gives direction on how it's going. But I think the main takeaway from this is that regardless of what the group is called, ransomware is going to remain a threat. And then somewhat related to that, Ukrainian law enforcers claim to have dismantled a large bot farm used by Russian special services to spread disinformation and propaganda in the country. This from informationsecuritymagazine.com. So this million strong bot farm was used to, quote, spin destabilizing content on the country's military and political leadership to an audience of over 400,000. 
The kit apparently included 5,000 SIM cards used to register new accounts at 200 proxy servers designed to spoof IP addresses and circumvent internet blocks. That sounds like a cyber army to me. I'm a little disturbed by the first article about the malware that can survive operating system reinstalls on certain motherboards. And I'll have a few comments about that in 30 seconds. Earlier this week, I remember reading an article or a post, I believe it was a post, someone asking for advice about what they can do with an Apple Macintosh laptop, MacBook. I don't remember the exact type of computer, but apparently it was a company-owned computer and the person who had the computer separated from the company and returned the computer, but it was left on in a state logged into the person's iCloud account and the disk was also encrypted. And the poster went on to say that apparently there's really nothing that Microsoft can do about this, or not Microsoft, rather Apple can do about this. Obviously, there's nothing that Microsoft can do about too. That's a given. And so you have basically this this completely good piece of hardware that you may have to brick. And I was reminded of that when thinking about the motherboards that were infected, that if you're not really sure that you can extract the infection, not necessarily saying this particular case, I'm extrapolating beyond that. If you're not really sure about the pureness, if you will, about the hardware that you have, what are your choices? I mean, it would seem to me that your only choices are that you, you need to dispose of the equipment in a world in a society where we have become dependent upon being wasteful. That just seems to just add to the problem. I know that there are initiatives to do better with recycling and repurposing, but if we can reduce the demand for new equipment, then we can reduce the footprint of the equipment that is out there, maybe just a little bit. I'm not really sure what the right answer is. Um, I do know that in the case of the Apple laptop, that also brings out a common yet flawed business practice is the reason why this was an issue that Apple couldn't do anything with the computer is because the computer was initially shipped to the employee's home address. Now, if the computer had been shipped to the, and then from there given to the employee, then Apple apparently could have done something with it. So that's a one takeaway there. If you're providing laptops for your remote working at home workers, you probably want to have it sent to your corporate address and then resent out. I don't know what they're going to do with that. And I don't know what's going to happen with regards to any instance where you have motherboards that are infected, but one thing that does point to is that information security is always interesting. Stay secure.